We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Ravens are officially in the top spot of the entire conference after the Kansas City Chiefs lost Monday night to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, of course, Lamar Jackson, he was asked for his reaction to his team's top standing, and you're going to love his response, Bobby. Meanwhile, Sarah, fans and media in Kansas City are pointing out how Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a number one wide receiver, and based on what I watched Monday night, they might be correct. But our friend Josina Anderson trolled the Chiefs franchise on behalf of Odell Beckham Jr. as a result. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Wednesday, November 22nd, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by our friends at GEHA. So Sarah, Lamar Jackson is tired of telling us that his ankle is fine. So guess what? He decided to show us on Tuesday. And after that, we're going to take a look at a player poll that included the question of who the best player is league-wide across the NFL. Plus, as scheduled, Ravens tight end Mark Andrews underwent surgery on his ankle Tuesday. And number eight talked honestly about how much he'll miss the off-script on-field connection that the pair have together. Yeah, we've got all that more coming up in a jam-packed episode. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So again, November 22nd, 2023, and everybody's looking atop Baltimore. There they are, 8-3 and three, atop the AFC entering Week 12. The Chiefs would be two if the playoffs began today. Ravens, of course, would be one. This is seeding-wise. Jacksonville would be three. Miami, four. Cleveland, five. Houston, six. And seven, Pittsburgh. We'll have more on conversations surrounding the Steelers because they dominated the news cycle on Tuesday for the very reason the Ravens did last offseason. But we'll get to that <laughs> in just a second. Andrew Siciliano, as you see there on the screen for our YouTube audience, tweeted, the Chiefs have now been shut out in the second half in three consecutive games. Sarah, they have the most drops league-wide. There's one of them right there, which was a crucial one. And I got to tell you, I watched this entire game start to finish. Patrick Mahomes could, have, could not have put these footballs more so in the breadbasket. It felt like Pittsburgh 
for Lamar earlier on in the season. And so even if one of those drops is hauled in by one of his pass catchers, they probably find a way to get past Philadelphia. But instead, Jason Kelsey takes this one over younger bro, Travis Kelsey, and it was a heck of a rematch from last year's Super Bowl. Uh, Bobby, when I was watching that game, and I did fall asleep after, I think it was the Kelsey fumble or maybe it was an interception. I was really dozing off. But from what I saw in the first three quarters, which apparently the first half was their better half, right? Because they were shut out. That's crazy that the Ravens have a propensity of melting down in the fourth quarter and giving up leads. But here we are with the Chiefs not being able to even score in the second half. So, Bobby, as I was watching them, even in their better half, I kept thinking, this is the most beatable Chiefs team that I've seen in like the last five years since basically Lamar Jackson has been in the league. This is the most beatable Chiefs team. In fact, I feel like it's their defense that has been playing better than their offense. So the defense you don't want to sleep on. So real quick before we get into this receiver conversation, with the Ravens now being number one, and it's hard to fathom, and you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but, I mean, if the if it started today, Bobby, the Ravens would have home playoff advantage throughout all of the AFC conference games. With the way the Ravens just played in prime time against the Bengals and the way that they have historically under John Harbaugh, that is an advantage. It's not a guarantee of anything, but it is certainly an advantage. So here, while, you know, it's kind of, whoo, it's kind of exciting, Lamar Jackson says, uh-uh, we're not getting too excited yet. Not really. You know, it's still a lot of season left to play. It don't really mean anything to me right now. And that was the question. It was, does it mean anything to you? No, no, it doesn't. Nope. This guy's been here, done that. Are you kidding me? I love that. Now, well, Dafe Owe, I, yeah. You know, I just want to say real quick, I feel like, all of us here in Baltimore, I don't know what the word is, traumatized or just gained wisdom through experience. We lived through the 14-2 and two season only to be knocked out in the first round. So he's gained that wisdom through experience that it's like it means nothing after 11 weeks. But go ahead with Odafe. Oh, yeah, not that Odafe's was any different. I think he was just a little bit more honest about it. It means something, but obviously it's, we still got some games to go. I mean, any given Sunday, anything can happen, but... You know, it's definitely a good sight to see that, you know, we're at the top right now because obviously all the work that we put in everything, but, uh, you know, we still got some more weeks to go. And then if it says like that at the end of the season, then, you know, we can celebrate, but there's still some work to do. I don't know that he was more honest about it. I don't think he was a part of that 14-2 and two team. I think Lamar's being honest. I think it doesn't mean much to him right now. Like, it's where you want to be through 11 weeks, but the, but the, but the business, the, your business isn't finished yet. So, Less dismissive um, of it. How about that? I, I just think they're both being, I don't think anyone, either one of them dismissed it. I just think it's, I've lived through the 14 and two season. And so it means nothing. I don't know that. I don't know. Does that, I don't, I don't know. Dismissive. I don't well, know. I think maybe. you maybe. I, I don't know. It seems like you're maybe misinterpreting what I mean by that. Like maybe I don't think Lamar cares about the question. Yeah. I think it's more so like, He's trying to establish an expectation within internally that right. where they sit right now in late November, given everything that has to transpire over the next month and a half, it don't matter, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, but, but yeah, so I, I just think it's like a good sign 
that these these guys have the long game in mind. They have the vision. They're not they're not feeling themselves too much. You know what I mean? Like they're not they're not getting in their heads and feeling like they're unstoppable. Like it's just like one game at a time, one game at a time. That's well, how they know, continue to do it. The 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 personnel that were a part of that 2019 team, they have experienced what it feels like to peak too early, so to speak. Right. Right. So right. they're they're doing everything they possibly can to avoid that because we watch we watch that we know that story. It's an all too familiar right. one from 2019. To your point, so well, whatever they can crazy, do. What's crazy to your point about not peaking too soon? I genuinely feel like the Ravens have not peaked yet, even though they keep scoring thirty plus more points and the defense are, are ranked, you know, top five in almost every category, maybe top three in almost every category. I genuinely feel like they haven't peaked yet. That's the crazy part. So anyway, as we noted, I, I went back and watched this replay because I was asleep when it happened. That drop by, um, uh, let me Marquez. make sure I got his name right. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was crazy. I mean, that could have been the go-ahead touchdown, perhaps the winning touchdown. It was drop. a dime. It was, it was, it was a dime. A, Dying by Patrick Mahomes. So, of course, as we mentioned up top, people are are, are noticing. Uh, I don't know if this, this looks like a fan. Mahomes doesn't have a true number one receiver. That's actually Stan Verretti. Retrosis. Long time oh, ESPNer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. So this long time ESPNer. True doesn't have a number one wide receiver. We know how that feels. Lamar's been there since he was drafted. Um, I mean, again, going back to that 2014 season, Willie Sneed last year, Robinson was the top wide receiver. I mean, it was crazy. But here comes our girl, Josina Anderson. <laughs> Rolling the Chiefs. She writes, they, meaning the Chiefs, offered a wide receiver who just had a 100-plus yard game. So we know who she's talking about, Odell Beckham Jr. And will come on in the back end of the season when it counts True, which is what we've been saying this entire year. All that matters is December, January, and if you get there, February. And then she says uh, they offered him only four millies and then has a telescope. I don't know what the telescope emoji is. Maybe they didn't see the vision. Is that it? They didn't see the future? I don't know. But totally trolled the Chiefs, which is very reminiscent of – of what the Falcons and all these other teams that didn't even try, didn't even try to give Lamar an offer. Didn't even try, which was ludicrous. Of course, we're reaping the benefits. And here we go again. The Chiefs only offered $4 million. Some people would argue the Ravens overpaid Odell Beckham Jr. TBD, we'll see by the end of, of, of how this year unfolds. But that was hilarious because Josina tries to keep it down the middle most of the time. <laughs> I mean, remember when uh, our guy Dev tweeted this out and just made me think of it. So, so I'm going back to his tweet right now. He quote tweeted Josina's and said, hey, a lot to unpack here. Remember when Ravens fans thought the team OBJ was complaining about on Twitter lowballing him was Baltimore. Now we know it wasn't them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah, this is great. Second, it's now abundantly clear that Kansas City could use and perhaps even needs OBJ right now. If EDC, quote, overspending kept him away again, it was a great move. So a couple good points there from, from mm. Dev, but, but right off the top, I do remember on this show talking about some of the replies that OBJ had, had tweeted uh, on his Twitter account when, when teams were going after him. And, and yeah, he did. He did cite 
anonymously uh, a yep. team that did not exactly put out a compelling offer for his standards. But but Dev make absolutely great point. But Dev makes okay. So number one helped resign Lamar. Number two, we're really looking to see if December and January how he plays. But number three, Ravens kept him from Kansas City. Yes. Yeah. That's 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 all. It's all. It, it all could be worth it in the end if these two teams meet up in the playoffs, which is not a not crazy to yeah. to think could happen. And if the Ravens are the ones over the top and if he has a big game we will be revisiting this for sure just think about if these next couple months become regardless of whether or not he plays this weekend we've already addressed that this this week based on the shoulder and how much he was laboring mm-hmm. post game on thursday if he becomes a major factor for this team in the wake of losing this guy number 89 then mm. <laughs> yeah that that's going to be one of the all-time edc acquisitions but Mike Garofalo, Garofalo, I think it is, from NFL Network, tweeted out an update as planned. Mark Andrews underwent surgery on his ankle on Tuesday in Charlotte with specialist Robert Anderson doing the procedure. Andrews is likely out for the year, but as John Harbaugh said, and as we covered, there is a chance he could return if Baltimore makes a deep playoff run. Harbs referred to that as an outside chance, as you heard on Tuesday's Morning Vault, Sarah. I um, have seen a couple memes, WWE type memes, where it's like people are already like getting ahead of themselves. Like AFC Championship game, Lamar Jackson has like what's the what's the um, the Undertaker comes out of the grave, pops right up from his from his coffin. That would be that would be epic. It would be a wonderful story, but we'll see if it happens. Here's Lamar on if he's chatted with. His guy, number 89, since everything went down for him on Thursday. Yeah, I reached out to him after the game. Um, I pretty much just, you know, pretty much just let him have his time because I know people have been reaching out, but I definitely hit him up today. One thing John said yesterday, John Harbaugh said yesterday, was thinks that you and the offense are better equipped maybe to endure losing Mark this year compared to maybe in years past. Would you agree with that? And if so, why do you think that is? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I don't think we we equipped to lose him at all. You know, that's because just because of the guy he is. You know, um, one of our leaders. You know, offense besides myself. Um, but we got great receivers. You know, we got great backfield. Got great tight ends who stepping up. Um, just our team, I say, just different all around. That's why we're able to, you know, go on without our brother. I love the way that he answered that because, first of all. There, there is no replacing him. Mm-hmm. As Harb said earlier this week, it's going to take a collective effort, and they are equipped to do that collectively. They are not equipped to do it individually, in my opinion, with one specific guy. So I thought Lamar did a good job with sort of finessing that question. Yeah, I, I, and I think both things are true, that it's like, for sure, with the receiving core the Ravens have now, plus Isaiah Likely and Kohler in their second years in Baltimore, not just rookies anymore. For sure, they are better equipped. Nobody can quite fill that hole, but they are better equipped. But Lamar, given that hat tip to, to Mark, I mean, they're, they're, so, they're so close. And then, so he was asked, he was like, okay, so what exactly is it will you miss the most about losing Mark? I, I believe so. From us watching film together, um, and us talking about that practice and actually transitioning over to the game with me and OB. 
um, small things like that, stepping in, small steps in the right direction. Did things change at all in the red zone? You know, Mark, obviously a big red zone target, had six touchdowns. Does anything change without him down there? Some things might be off script. That's about it with him. Okay, that wasn't exactly the 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 quote that that was there because before he said when he goes, oh, something off script. Because earlier in the presser, they said, what was it? And he gave a, an honest answer. He was like, Mark is my guy. Whenever I go off script, he's my number one guy. And you know, he's like, that's that's mostly it is what he said. Like that's basically that. Of course, you're going to miss Mark being Mark the leader and all that. He's like, but in terms of like on the game, we can get other guys to. To do what's in the script, we can run the plays. But what happens when everything breaks down? He's like, I'm, I'm looking for Mark. So that's why we call him the security blanket. And I remember one time, I, I remember he was going off script and he was trying to get Isaiah likely to do what he wanted, right? He like missed Isaiah on the, on the sideline because he was looking like he was going to start to run, but then stopped and went to throw it to Isaiah. But when, when La, before Lamar stopped, he stopped his route and Lamar expected him to keep running. So it's those types of things Lamar can coach them for sure, but it's going to take time. That feel, right? That feel mm -hmm. that he has between, you know, with Mark is six years running. So it's going to be hard to, to replace that overnight. But again, I think collective, the collective effort that it'll take will allow the Ravens to, to move on uh, the best that they possibly can. Before we get to Lamar's ankle, which he consistently continues to get asked about, we wanted to let you know about this episode's sponsor, and it is our friends at GEHA. And for over 86 years, GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, has offered medical and dental benefits designed to meet the unique need of federal employees and retirees, military retirees, and their families. And with over 2 million members and growing, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every day. GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. Federal Drive is presented by GEHA. That's Government Employee Health Association, proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families for 86 years. Visit GEHA.com to learn more. So we know that Lamar was banged up throughout points of Thursday, thanks to that Logan Wilson sideline tackle. And reporters were sure to check up on him about that ankle on Tuesday. I believe I'm good. I believe I'm 100%. What did you try to slide in there? Sorry. <laughs> when you said they, they asked him about it Tuesday, I was like, for about the 20th time. Because they asked both Harbaugh and Lamar Thursday night. They asked Harbaugh again on Monday. He said he's still fine. And now we got to Lamar now on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Is that where we are? It feels yeah. weird because he usually speaks Wednesday. So, yeah. Just, okay, so not the 20th time, but you know what I mean. Like <laughs> several times they keep saying he's fine, but he's like this time for the audio only people, he does a quick shimmy in place and then kind of jumps up and has his patented smile when he kind of shows him. He's like, yes, I'm fine. And I love that he said – I'm about 100%, but he like shakes his hand kind of like uh, maybe maybe it seemed like it was like 99% or whatever, but to put out the percentage is pretty nice too. What did you like uh, about the the off-platform talk? Yeah, so I've seen a couple of videos uh, on Twitter. Going viral is not quite the right word, but, you know, going viral within the Baltimore uh, Ravens Twitter community, not really going outside of that. But um, so I've been seeing some of, some of these 
throws and these videos where people are just loving it. And um, so I just grabbed a couple of the film uh, of him doing it where it's just like to, to, to throw a ball accurately is one thing. And we know he's doing that because he's been ranked number one. I don't know if he's still number one or if he's number two or whatever, but he's obviously one of the best in the NFL at it this year. And, um, but it's another thing to be accurate when you're completely off platform where you don't, you're not, you're not set in a complete, you know, normal throwing position. So I'll do this first one, which Ryan Mink of the Ravens team pulled. This is the one, this is the back angle end zone angle of, um, Lamar throwing his touchdown pass to Rashad Bateman. So we'll watch the ball get snapped. He goes out to the left, kind of scrambles a little bit and then Boom. The placement. The placement. The, look at the placement. Look at that. Look at that. And it's off of one foot <laughs> as he starts to jump in the air. Let's watch that again. Let's watch Bate that plays again, dead. I love Bobby. that. I, lo I love bait going mummy mode there. That's hilarious. Yeah, and it's, it's slow-mo now. Off the one foot. The right foot goes behind him like it's a dance move. And then just in the exact right place from, from a Bengals defender diving he went all out. He went diving for it. The only person that could catch that is Rashad Bateman. Watch this DB again. So he's scrambling a little, jumps out, off the foot, foot goes backwards, throws it in. DB dives, cannot reach it. I mean, if that ball is any more on the inside to Rashad Bateman, that's going to have a pass breakup. You got that, right? But look at 21 coming on here. Look at the placement out the outstretched arm. He's got to oh, snag yeah. that. His outstretched left arm has to be inches away from where Lamar puts this football on a dime. I mean, look at this. 21's coming on. He jumps that. in the air. He's so not only is it off schedule, off platform, but he's <laughs> fitting that in placement-wise to the only place that Rashad could get it, and he's toying with two defenders at once. That's pretty cool. So here's the second one, which obviously did not end up being a touchdown because it's one to Zay. He doesn't quite get keep in bounds for it, which I don't think is Zay's fault either. I mean, this is watch. This is crazy. I should have pulled in the one with no audio because then we can't speak over it. But basically, We're definitely getting this is the one for that. But that was pretty sick. Are, is that was that the uh that's not all 22 well it's the the audio oh the audio that's oh, right. primary okay. people get a little peel back the curtain here youtube is, is tough on us so we're probably gonna have to admit that but if you see it before we have to there you go it's your treat well i i have heard if you have like four seconds or less they'll let it slide so that i don't know no that was how many seconds was that that was 10, 10 seconds we 10. yeah we're gonna get dinged shoot i didn't realize my bad my bad i should have pulled it right. without the audio Maybe while you're talking, I'll I'll pull it out and try to get some audio out. We could talk about it later. But anyway, that's Lamar scrambling to the right. Totally, the pocket collapses. Scrambles to the right. He's about to get sacked, and I don't know what he does. He just, like, bends down, and the sacker goes, slides right across his back and his, his helmet. So then Lamar goes back to his left, because remember, he was scrambling to his right. After he gets out of that, he scrambles to his left, and then off-platform again, he heaves it to Zay in the end zone. Again, Zay couldn't quite keep it in bounds, but it was just another one of those. Like, are you kidding me? That was like an unreal throw off platform. So anyway, Lamar was asked. <laughs> he's so endearing. He was asked about these 
at Off Platform Throws. I mean, people can't see our practice uh, film, but I believe I've been doing it practice for years. It's just transitioning over to games, you know, and that, that's pretty much it. Like superior core strength to, to make the kind of throws that you're, you're making? I don't know. But I do work on my core, so that's probably, that's probably it. <laughs> sure, that's it. Yeah, that's probably it, James. You're not going to plug your, uh, your fitness? Nah, I'm going to keep that on the low. <laughs> Appreciate seems like that business isn't isn't continuing that's the way it, that, that came across but that was hilarious he's like he's like i don't know if it's my core but i do work on my core so you know there we go but bobby transitioning into this the the athletic did a a poll with i think around 100 players okay now we we've gotten into some of like these anonymous quotes before but these are polls so i think there's like a little bit more validity because polls are usually anonymous anyway so they offered up a bunch of questions. Um, I pulled a few that I want to run through. Don't need to go too deep into all of these, but the first one that caught my attention is that they asked NFL players who are playing today, who's the best player in the game? Now, Patrick Mahomes is the top on this list with almost half. And, you know, he's also a, an MVP, two-time Super Bowl winner. Yep. yep, like has all of that, so... Uh, Got to respect that. Then Aaron, Aaron Donald, Tyreek Hill, Miles Garrett, and then Lamar Jackson. So those are the top five. And, you know, those are the stars responses. of the league, right? Yes. Right, yes. 80, 84, 84 responses, just so we know the sample size. I don't think you – did you mention that at the top? Well, I said they asked about 100 players all these questions, but they said that they didn't – not everybody responded to each one. So on this one, it's 84 responses. On other ones – so not everybody replied, so it might be seventy-two or this and that. But I think they they sent it out to about a hundred different players. I got gotcha. you. So yeah, I mean, look, there's, yeah. this is a talented this is a talented list right here. I mean, Patrick. I mean, yeah, and then Joe Burrow comes in after Lamar, by the way, and then Nick Bosa, and then Jared Goff. Interesting. Look, Mahomes is operating at a clip that's just on a different level. And I know we just spoke about the lack of wide receivers or lack of number one wide receiver, but until these guys are putting those kind of performances out on tape in January, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to be off the, the chief's train. I, I just think that they've earned that, that kind of right from a dynasty standpoint over these last several years. Absolutely. But I, I love the respect that, that Lamar also gets from, from his uh, peers. So that was pretty nice. So then it asked for, absolutely. Then it asked for the most underrated player. I just pulled this. Because Mark Andrews made this play. I mean, Mark Andrews really is like top one, two, three tight end, depending on who you ask. And he just doesn't get all the fanfare. And I think it's probably because he's not big and loud. But he came in after T. Higgins, Kenny Moore, um, Brandon Ayuk, and then Mark Andrews there. So, Well, you know what's tricky about the world that he lives in is the two guys that are in front of him by most metrics opinion statistics whatever not always statistics sometimes he's the top dog when it comes to touchdowns or whatever in terms of his position group but travis kelsey and george kittle are just beasts two beasts mm -hmm. and and when you think about the the pr and and the overall image awareness brand awareness that comes with kelsey not only now that he's with taylor but he's a two he's a multi-time super bowl champ and he's with kansas city and he's a huge part of this dynasty and arguably the greatest tight end to ever suit up. I think that's why he's overshadowed because of the two dudes that, that are in that position group.
Yeah, I don't disagree with that. So they have the most annoying fan base. <laughs> I, I I have a picture here of the Bengals because I feel like they, they need to move up this, this list. But Eagles are number one. Cowboys are number two. And they're very close. Eagles 25%, Cowboys 24%. i am not going to like uh, disagree with that. You probably get a you. I, I know on Twitter, you just don't. We just don't interact with them as much because they're not in the division. So then there's Bills, Jets, and then the Steelers make it in. And Steelers fans haven't been as annoying to me the last couple of years, but it's probably because they haven't done much. Then the Bears, then the Raiders, then the Patriots, and then the Bengals. I feel like the Bengals, Bengals fans for sure to me are the most annoying on Twitter. Uh, by far. <laughs> so I'd like, to, I would put them further up on the list, but maybe they're not making as much noise throughout the league or, yep. or maybe not as annoying when, when players come to visit them. I know that Dallas is only a few fraction points, but below Philly here at the top, I'm shocked mm. that Dallas isn't well above everybody. I mean, come on, I'm really? <laughs> this is Cowboys country. Here's the, here's the, the way that I look at the Philly fan base. I've been to a lot of games over the years. Actually, just went to the divisional round last year, Eagles and Giants, which was a heck of an atmosphere. I consider them more rabid, uh, sometimes violent, aggressive, and insane right. than right. I do annoying. I, I view them as diehard to the nth degree. Yeah. So if you find that annoying, I get well, that's not the way I interpret is because if you're hearing them chirping from the sideline, or if they're th who knows what they're doing, throwing stuff or whatever, maybe throwing stuff at Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, that kind of a thing. So I found this very interesting. Other than your current coach, aside from your own, would who would you most want to play for? Mike Tomlin, easily number one on the list with twenty six percent. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve coaches named here. John Harbaugh does not break the top twelve. But doesn't surprise me that Mike Tomlin's number one because from the outside looking in, he's even a division foe with how much we dislike the Steelers around here. Can't help but respect him. No. Gosh, no. We're going to get to a big change that he made in just a short while here, which has Pittsburgh running hot. But yeah, I guess somewhat of a surprise to not see Harbs at yeah. least have some sort of votes on that. But you know what? Mike yeah. is Mike's a very different personality. Sometimes when you're loud, you're, you're not saying that he's a loud boy. I don't think those are the right, I guess, outspoken. You know, he, he speaks with such conviction like we spoke earlier on during Steelers week. I think sometimes that warrants more attention. I'm not saying it's not deserved at all. Um, he would probably be at the top of my list as well. But I, I was surprised not to see Harbs on there, yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the best stadium to play in, M&T Bank Stadium, I think comes in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th. Okay, so not super high. Uh, best stadium, people are saying Arrowhead Stadium. That's what these players are saying, 84 responses for this one. I'm sure, I'm, I'm also sure that it's just nice to be there and try to like beat somebody who's, you know, considered the best. In a uh, raucous environment. Day- yeah, worst stadium, not surprising, MetLife Stadium. <laughs> uh, I just feel like that's where injuries happen, and who knows what the fans are like there, but that's <laughs> not surprising to me. And then this last thing, Bobby, I found just kind of interesting, not really Ravens-related, but it asked, do you give Commissioner Roger Goodell a thumbs up or thumbs down? He's always booed at you know the, the draft, and it feels like everybody's talking bad about him online, so I was kind of surprised. He got way more thumbs up than thumbs down. He got 58.6% thumbs up, 30% thumbs down, which leaves 114 kind of in the middle. So you're talking almost 70% are either, you know, just in the middle or give them a thumbs up. So that's, I was surprised by that. Roger Goodell is playing a game of politics when you're the commissioner. You will never be universally respected, but, uh, but that shows you that. Maybe it's not all that it's made out to be when it comes to uh, the online chatter that you see or the people that you hear typically who have uh, some sort of typically some substances substances in them during things like the draft and other other right. events like that. Some quick hits. How about this? The Ravens yards lost on defensive sacks. This graphic put together by the 33rd team. They lead the league with 350 chargers who they're going to meet with this weekend. 247 Arizona. 233 Cleveland and Buffalo 228 so not only have they been productive leading the league in overall sacks production wise but they've been lethal and impactful taking away yards from teams in terms of threads on Sunday night football inside SoFi Stadium oh, I want primetime games at home I had so much fun at the Be More around town tailgates there that place was buzzing <laughs> I want another one Anyway, they're rocking the white on purple. All right, what else we got here? Oh, I pulled this up just because I thought that you, uh, you, you, you tweeted about it, so I don't want to take it from you. But looks like Roquan Smith doing some community work with the Baltimore Ravens, uh, meeting with the kids here. Is this like a turkey giveaway? I'm, I, I'm not sure what it is, but you quote retweeted it, and I liked it because obviously we love Roquan on our show uh, almost weekly, 10, 10, 10 episodes this season. Love him. So what did, what did you, I guess, basically I'm teeing you up to regurgitate what you said on Twitter. Yeah. I'll read it right now. Cause I, I, I really do believe this. We feel like we know him. We do know. Yeah. Him. And so I just, I don't know. I saw the tweet and I, I realized that because we chatted with him prior to going on, as we always do, just to catch up for a minute before we start recording, he spent his mini bye week with friends in New York. He flew in that morning on Monday. Mm-hmm. He was with us around 10 a.m. 
or so to record for 20 minutes. And then later that day, he was volunteering through the Ravens community network. So I, I just, I, I think so highly of him. So I, we, we both do. And so I tweeted, I'm, I'm telling you right now, this guy is everything and more than he's perceived to be from the outside looking in. A ferocious game-changing player, relentless leadership as we see pregame, giving and generous with his time as we see in this slide, film junkie as he's often told us, and obviously it speaks for itself from the way that he plays, a media superstar with one-liners for days, which we've capitalized on and had a lot of fun with. I, we're just lucky to have the guy in Baltimore, and so I just just thought that would be a good message to put out there, even though everybody already knows it, but things like this certainly reaffirm it. I, I love that you wrote that. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I'll just say this. When you are in an agreement to do shows like this with the player, it is not easy to schedule it out and find them. When Roquan commits to something, he follows through. He's been an absolute joy to work with this season. And by the way, Ravens, Twitter, uh, Ravens team account put out audio or just video of Roquan giving his pregame speech. I have no clue what he said, but check out the cameraman who is filming it because Bobby, he looks like he's ready to put on pads and go take on some of these huge, I don't know, defensive and offensive linemen. This, this offensive or this cameraman who I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's healthy and all that, but not an NFL player. He looks like he's ready to play. Sir, like, he's right, somewhere he's between. He's somewhere between trying to remain like he's not there, like almost right. as if he's just sort of off in the corner. Hopefully, hopefully not getting in the way of anybody pregame. Right. Somewhere between that and just like shell shocked, but also fired up and ready to roll if called <laughs> upon. Like yeah. absolutely. And I loved and the upper right hand side of the screen, big number forty two. Our guy Pat Ricard. He's looking at Roquan like he's listening intently to every single thing he said he has to say, and he's yeah. ready to go out there and do what he does, and that's truck people every single play and create lanes. All right, so some moves that the Ravens made roster wives are wise. He, the the Ravens signed tight end Scotty Washington to the practice squad, and then they also placed Kevon Seymour on the practice squad injured reserve. Meanwhile, Pepe Williams, okay, he's been designated for return, so he returned to practice. He has three weeks for them to decide if they want to activate him to the uh, 53-man roster or put him back on IR. But, man, he's been battling all season long. Ravens are actually doing well at that position in terms of depth, but you never have enough, especially down the stretch. So we'll see what he does there. And then finally, you've been teasing it for a while, Bobby. The Steelers, Mike Tomlin, after that loss to the Browns, I think they only scored 10 points. They have officially fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. So do you remember when we had Brooke Pryor on and she said, and this is no secret. I mean, this has been talked about for a long time, especially in comparison with, with the Ravens franchise. These two have exemplified, right, longevity, consistency, uh, a certain type of philosophy when it comes to hiring and changes being made and, and things of that nature. And Brooke told us 
who works for ESPN, that the, she would be shocked if something had been something were to be changed in terms of a coordinator adjustment in season. And part of the reason why is because this was his, this was historic in terms of the Pittsburgh's overall organizational history. Okay, they fired Matt Canada. It marked the first time they've made an in-season coaching change since 1941. The last time the Steelers fired a head coach or wow. coordinator mid-season was 1941. At that point, the team's half-owner, Burt Bell, fired himself. This does not happen. This does not happen. So uh, you know how it does happen, though? When you get outgained in all 10 games that you've played <laughs> entering right. Week 12. And yet, and yet, they're still very much in the conversation. I think Pittsburgh understands what is at stake right now. What's happened to two of the franchises in their division at quarterback, speaking about Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow, they get that there is a major opportunity here. The division is not out of, out of reach yet, and certainly the wild card isn't either. So uh, this, this is probably something that, yes, was desperation, but also they understand that this season is far from lost, and if something's not changed right now, then it could be a major wasted opportunity given the reality of the division. Yeah, I, well, this is going to be very interesting to see because if they suddenly are able to find some juice on offense, with with you winning that many games being outgained and they can suddenly find some juice, that's not going to be fun come week 18 when these two teams meet up for the final game of the regular season. So this will definitely be something to watch going forward. You got to think that somehow it's going to be relevant somehow, some way. I don't know if, th if the Ravens will have things locked up by then. Perhaps it'll be relevant just in terms of seeding for Pittsburgh standards, maybe even for Baltimore too. We'll see. A couple more, what, a month and a half till that. Our returning patrons, we want to make sure to shout out and thank them for everything they're believing in what we're doing here inside the channel. That's Neil Harold and David Cool. Thank you both for believing in what we're building. And if you guys are interested in doing the same, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast to learn more about what we're offering here inside the channel. I have been fighting and scratching and clawing throughout these 40 minutes. I need to get the heck off this. As you can yeah, tell, you I, got, I, got, I got my annual Squidward dose here. It's, it's more than annual. It's like biannual at this point. But, uh, yeah, the, the prime time and then lack of sleep that followed, Sarah, came back to bite me. So we'll go ahead and close it out. We're still working on a Chargers guest. Hopefully we can get our preview episode up for you this week. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Wednesday morning vault edition. We will talk to you later this week. <laughs>